Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, we're doing a, uh, not just a series, but I believe there's a season of breakthrough. And, uh, and so this is the, the first shot fired this morning is in our, uh, our season of breakthrough. And, and, and I hope that you really want breakthrough in your life. I hope that you're not in that holding pattern where it's like, well, I'm just really happy the way everything is. and I'm just going to keep this holding pattern going until I die. Well, you know, it's not Groundhog Day. This is not ground. It's one of my favorite movies because this guy lives. You know how many, how many people have seen it? How many people like it? Oh, a few, few less hands. He's seen it, didn't like it. You just haven't watched it. It's like Napoleon Dynamite. You don't really. You're not into Napoleon Dynamite until you've watched it about 50 times, and then it's like you get it. Then it's like I get it now. I understand what everybody's you know fussing about. It's such, such a great movie. Well, not really, but anyway. Uh, so uh, with Groundhog Day, it's like he lives the same day over and over and over again, but it's amazing what he packs into that same day. Same people, same events, but he learns to play the piano. He falls in love. I'm wrecking the movie for you, but, uh, you know, all kinds of things happen uh, within that day, but he realizes that when he finishes that day, finally gets out of that holding pattern, he could live every new day with, and, and pack just as much in. And so when we're talking about breakthrough. Most people, and I'm going to rain in the parade this morning, uh, I have come to honestly destroy probably your ideas of breakthrough this morning. And in fact, this morning's message, and if you think this morning's message is going to be rain of the parade, wait till next week. We're really going to, get, we're going to give it next week. But, uh, you know, most people, when they think of breakthrough, and you can think of breakthrough right now, they, they think about situations changing on the outside. We're not going there today. Uh, the good news and the bad news is that breakthrough is really an inside job. Somebody, oh, I want breakthrough in my finances. You know, as if God's going to rain money on a fool that doesn't know how to, anything about investments that's lazy watching daytime TV. That's not going to happen. Uh, so, you know, unless you are willing to change on the inside, there probably isn't going to be a lot of change on the outside. Oh, I'm raining. We're raining this morning. I know that's bad news for some. If you, wanna, if you don't want to get up off your rusty dusty and do something in life and really make some changes in life and even change the situation that you're in for somebody else, then God's not wasting just his power. Oh, let's command 50 million angels to go and, and, and allow that, that person. I was going to say fool again, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, and let's just allow that person to sit there and even be more lazy and then we're going to rain money out of heaven so they can have their breakthrough. Not going to happen. And so if breakthrough is going to happen, it's, it's going to have to happen on the inside. Now the good news, good news, people say, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Give me the good news all the time. Uh, I don't want to hear the bad news, but uh, the good news is the breakthrough can happen and it can happen now. Now my observation of, uh, of being a pastor for, uh, well, 30 years here anyway, and being in ministry uh, quite a bit longer than that, not longer than 30 years, but longer than, anyway, more than 30 years, is that uh, most people don't come determined to change anything when they come to church. 
When's the last time that you came to church thinking, you know what? Today's going to be my day to change something in me. When is the last time that you did that? Seriously, walked into here uh, and not thinking about, oh, yeah, I wonder when it's going to start. I wonder if they're going to play my favorite song. I wonder if it's going to be too loud or too, you know, not loud enough, which hardly ever is the case. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get complaining about something. When is the last time that you seriously went to church with an agenda, I am going to change today? Well, I hope today's your day. And I've entitled this morning's message, Anytime Now, Anytime Now. Have you ever been behind somebody at a traffic light? And the lights change, it's green. But they're not going anywhere. They're preoccupied probably uh, texting somebody or talking or listening to the radio or, or doing something. But they're sitting there and you're sitting there behind them. And, and it's one of those traffic lights like some of the ones around here that just take forever to go green. And they only go green for about a second and then they're back to red again. And you're back, you know, maybe it's a turn lane or something. And it's like, what the, what are you doing? Anytime now. You know, you're yelling, but they can't hear you. And, and finally, they move. I think sometimes that's the way it is with God and us. It's God's anytime now. You want breakthrough? Anytime now. And so today could be your day. Say this with me. Today, today. could be today. my day. Okay. Well, I hope it is. And I hope that this morning's message will help you uh, have your breakthrough today. I, I think uh, with breakthrough... It could really happen now. It could really happen today. But what I've learned is that often what we, uh, what we see in our day and what we experience in the moment and what we walk into, often it's not what we think it is. It's, it's like that saying, have you ever heard this, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. It's like that with people. If you've, if you've ever been there where you misjudge somebody, anybody been like that? I have. I remember uh, many years ago, the Maruchador uh, Cinema. Do you remember the Maruchador Cinema? This is before the plaza. It's where the ANZ Bank is right now. It's a big, ugly brown building. And, uh, and, and I, we had only just started the church. And I thought, that would be just the most epic place for a church. And it's already a cinema. It's got enough seating in it. It's got a foyer in it. It's in the middle of town. It's like, that would just be epic. And so I did some serious, hardcore praying on my knees to God, God, you know. And so the, the thing went up for auction, and I got dressed up. You know, I went down to Brisbane. They had an auction house down in Brisbane where the cinema was going to get auctioned off. And I went down there, prayed up, but no money. Church was, you know, maybe a dozen people or something like that. It's like, this is going to be a miracle to get this, but I've, you know, you got to be in it to win it. So uh, I went down to Brisbane to the auction, and uh, the door's shut on this auction. Nobody's in, nobody's out, because if you bid, they want to know who it is, you know, that got the winning bid, and you are up for it. You've got to put a deposit down, and they're not letting you out of there. So, you know, the bidding started, and and some hands went up, but just before the door shut, this guy walked in, and uh, everybody's got a suit on, including me. This guy walks in, and he's scruffy looking. He doesn't have a suit. He's got a t-shirt, uh, you know, some sneakers, and, and I'm thinking, what are you doing here? And he sits right in front of me. There's one, one chair that I know of that was empty in front of me, and he sat right, right down in front of me. I'm thinking, 
you just don't belong here. And you got it. You're guessing where the story's going. He's the one that got the winning bid. He got it. And I think it went for like 1.3 or something million, uh, which now isn't that much really for, for where that is, you know, where the ANZ Bank is. But back then, that was a lot of money. And, and, and I'll never forget that. So I waited outside to meet this guy. I thought, well, I didn't get, you know, I didn't put my hand up because I couldn't. I didn't have any money. But this guy obviously must have some money. He didn't look the part, but he wins it. So I said to uh, the auction people there, I said, I want to meet this guy. They said, well, you'll have to sit there. We've got a lot of stuff to sign, forms and everything else. And, and, you know, when he comes back out, we'll tell him that you want to meet him. And if he wants to meet you, that'll be great. So he did, and I did, and we talked. And he was a painter, you know, paints houses and things. And, and this was going to he had saved up somehow. He got enough money to buy this thing. And, and I looked at him, and I, I just thought, and I, I shared the vision and everything. It wasn't going to happen. But, uh, he, you know, I looked at this guy, and I thought, I would have never picked him to win the bid and to get that, that, that theater and to lease that, fit it out, and, you know, the ANZ Bank is there now. I judged a book by its cover. And sometimes when we walk into a church service, instead of, like, expecting a divine encounter with the living God, the one that created the universe and, and runs this whole thing, we kind of treat it like, oh yeah, it's just common. It's just an ordinary day at the office. Like, we're going to sing a few songs, we're going to do an offering and, uh, you know, and try to get our money and the guy's going to preach this uh, message. I hope he's funny this morning because I don't I feel like laughing. And, and we're going to walk out, eat some food and go home as if nothing happened. Well, I would hope that we would not judge any of our church services, our opportunities, a, a message, a worship encounter, an offering, any of these things. I would hope that we would not see them for anything less than what they really are, which is an opportunity for us to change. This is the, the living word will be preached this morning. It's the living word uh, engrafted into your soul, which is able to save your soul. The worship is an encounter with the living God. I don't know how, uh, you know how much more to emphasize the opportunity that we have coming into a church worship service like this is incredible. Anytime now, anytime now something can happen. But it's not going to happen out there somewhere. If you're looking up into the atmosphere and you're thinking, you know, that, that, that somehow angels are going to show up. Well, that could happen, but it's probably going to be something inside of you in your heart. So I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to look at 20 to 23. And the writer of Proverbs, probably Solomon, says this. He says, my son, daughter as well, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything. Everybody say everything. Everything, everything including breakthrough. Everything you do flows from it. I love what Proverbs 4.23 in the King James Version says this. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it 
are the issues of life. That word issues in the Hebrew language is tatsa. Gotcha, tatsa. Tatsa. Everybody say tatsa. 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 Tatsa literally means boundaries. It's like a geographical boundary between two nations. It's like a, a river that divides our state. It's like something that, that defines what's here and what's here. A tatsa or an issue is a boundary. Incline your ear. Keep my word before you day and night, the Bible says elsewhere. Day and night because uh, it defines the boundaries of your heart. Now here is uh, one of the greatest keys to breakthrough is that breakthrough is determined by boundaries. Breakthrough is actually a military term. It's also uh, a term for investing as well. But if you've had a breakthrough, it means that, that, that the offensive forces of that military have broken through the defensive forces of the other military. It's, a, it's a, a, a breakthrough term, but there has to be a boundary there to break through. And the boundary for you to break through this morning, it's not out there somewhere floating around out in the air. It's a boundary that's been established in your own heart. It's created things like mindsets that you have uh, ways of thinking. It's, it's things that have settled into your heart. Some of those things were, were there from the beginning. You say, where's the beginning? In the beginning wasn't you. In the beginning was two, mo mother and father. In the beginning were others that got added to your life. In the beginning uh, where those boundaries were set... There were people in your life that, that probably set a lot of those boundaries. Some of those boundaries aren't, aren't very good. Some of those mindsets that mom and dad probably intentionally or unintentionally, good intentions put into you are, are mindsets or, or boundaries that need to be destroyed, that need to be broken through. Otherwise, there'll be no breakthrough in other areas of your life. And so those things that were put there over time, we either allow those things to exist when they go and fly in the face of the Word of God and what God causes you to see in your heart, what God causes you to hear in your heart. If God so shows you something or speaks something into your heart, there's probably going to be a boundary there that needs to be pushed through or broken through in order for you to have a breakthrough on the outside. You've got to have a breakthrough on the inside. Does that make sense? So there will be no breakthrough out there unless there's a breakthrough in here. And these tatsa, these boundaries that have been established there, they're, they're uh, like a river, like the River Jordan that Israel had to cross over. It was like an intimidating force there. It's like, we got to go over this thing. We see it every, for 40 years, they wandered around. They looked at this river, probably had a swim in the river, but they couldn't go over. On the other side are incredible promises. There's Canaan. Canaan is a land of uh, flowing with milk and honey and the promises of God. And it's everything that you, you hope for. It's all your dreams and, and all your aspirations. It's where you want to go in life. It's, it's, it's where your vision would take you except for the tatsa, the boundaries that are in your heart. For some of us, those things rule and they reign. And God says this, pay attention. Pay attention to my word, what I speak to you. Tune your 
ear into it. It's, it's, it's where faith comes. It's where vision comes from. Uh, don't let them out of your sight. Keep your vision. Keep your imagination focused in on what I would like to show you their life to, to all of your health, to all your flesh, your whole body. Above else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep the geographical border or boundary moving ahead into what God is showing you. See, these boundaries keeping you from breakthrough, they're on the inside of us. And most of us, we, we like the idea of a, of a breakthrough in a situation or, or a circumstance changing better than the idea of us changing. See, if I've got to change, that's, that's too painful for me. I don't want to change. You know, we, 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 I come from an angry family. You know, dad had an anger problem. When he wanted something from mom, he would just explode in a fit of anger, and mom would just do it. She'd get up, and she'd get him a cup of coffee, or she'd get him dinner, or whatever it was. And so, you know, I've got this anger thing, but it gets, it gets me what I want. Well, that's a boundary in your heart until you get rid of that and let God replace that and show you that there is something called kindness that could, could work in your world and, and something towards loving that person that you're married to until that boundary changes in your heart. It's an ungodly boundary until you bust through that. There won't be a breakthrough in marriage. Until you understand that uh, laziness and slovenness and, and uh, just lots and lots of sleep and daytime television, and until you understand that, that boundary of, of laziness, and you might come from a whole family of generations of lazy people that, you know, just sponged off the government for generations, and then they know how to milk that cow, and they know every aspect of cheat, cheating the system until, until you understand that's not God's plan for you. If a person doesn't work, let them not eat. A person that doesn't provide for their family is worse than an unbeliever until you understand the principles of investing in God's king and sowing so other people can grow. If you're going to keep those stupid arguments about why you don't want to give to church or after my mom, all that. If you don't bust those, those boundaries down and become a generous person, then you're not going to break through out there. Why would God rain money on somebody that's not even supporting the kingdom of God? Well, it's not going to happen. Sometimes I'll go to the gym and, and uh, well, most of the times I, I, I'll go there and there's PTs there. Everybody know what PT means? No, it doesn't mean personal trainer. I've got, I've got special PTs that are at the gym that I avoid and they're personal talkers. And they kind of hover around there, and, and every gym has them, and I, I avoid eye contacts. Usually I'll put something in my ears, you know, so I'm listening to some music, and basically it says, don't talk to me. This is my space. I'm not talking to you. And so, you know, as they start to talk, it's like, I can't hear you, man. I'm listening to some music. i got to move on, because I'm, I'm there to work out. I'm not there to talk. And these PTs, these personal talkers, they, they hover around there because the gym for them is not a place to get fit. It's, it's a social club, purely a social club. And so they'll spend hours, and they'll let everybody know, oh, I spend hours at the gym. But you know what? You're still fat and out of shape. You're lazy. You just don't ever change. How could you spend hours at the gym and still look like that the, what, the next year, the year before? You, nothing's changing. You're a PT. You're just a personal talker. And I find in church life, it's the hardest thing. Now, this is a confession of a pastor. All right. 
There are a lot of PTs. Oh, man, come on. You know, they can tell you about so-and-so and so-and-so that fell, what they don't like about this guy and the other guy, and it just goes on and on, and churches, and just never anything, you know, just constant, constant, and yet they kind of hover around the church scene because it's the only people that will basically say hi to in the world, doesn't it? It's look at you and go, you're a fool, off you go. I don't, I don't have tolerance for that. And I would hope that being part of, uh, of city church, that you just honestly don't be that kind of a PT. Get, get, get in there and decide, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I've got to change. I, nobody else can do it. The preacher can't do it for me. The worship team can't. The person sitting next to you can't change you. Only, only you can let God into your heart to change you through the Word of God and through doing the stuff that's in the book. Amen? Now, if I was uh, the other kind of a PT, like a personal trainer, and uh, I was talking with Vix because she was in the military, she said, I'd make a terrible personal trainer because I'm just too hard. And I thought, that's me too, man. I didn't do military, but I had a, you know, kind of a semi-military background with discipline in my background. And it's like, I just, you know, you, you want to go and work out or you want to learn a discipline or something like that. I'll do it, but man, I'll tell you what, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun for you. And, and uh, you're going to cry, go home, you know, to mommy or whatever, like after the first day, seriously. I don't go out of my way to rip shreds off of people, and some of you guys are looking at me like, oh, this is, man, you know, can't you just be kind? I'm being as kind as I can. I'm tempering this thing down, man. This is like, seriously. <laughs> But I, you know, it, it gets, it's something that sticks in my personal talkers in church. Ah! <laughs> Quit giving church and Jesus and God and the Bible a bad name. Because you go out not changed week after week after week talking the talk about the trash, but never ever, you know, you waller in that trash. Take the trash out. Clean your room. Make your bed for goodness sakes. Come on, soldier! Up. Come on, bricks. <laughs> See, the boundaries keeping you from your breakthrough are you. That's it. What's really holding you back? It's you. I had this. I woke up with this thought. I honestly believe that the biggest compliment you can give to God isn't to break through something, but to break into someone had that thought yesterday morning. I just woke up. It's like, wow, God, that is so profound. So there's two aspects of it, the eyes and the heart. Your boundaries are established by what you see and what you hear. But they're already established by what you have seen and what you have heard. The question is, will you see something new and will you hear something new and will you do something new so that you will be someone new? You, 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 you have these issues, deal with them. Don't allow yourself to become a victim. Now this is what happens with so many people. And look, you know, it tried to fit uh, on me, but I, I just wouldn't wear the shoes. I've got every excuse to be a victim in life. Bad things happened to me all the way growing up. I, I'm not even going to go there because, you know, I'm not the victim. But I realized coming out of that, I realized, 
well, I can, I can go back there and I, I've got every excuse not to do whatever it is that God wants me to do. I've got so many excuses. You know, in America, they say more excuses than Carter has pills. I guess Carter was a pill manufacturer or something. You know, I've got excuses queued up to just say, pick me if you want an out. Pick me if you don't want to change. Pick me if you just want to stay the way that you are. Pick me if you want to have a lousy destiny. In fact, no destiny. If you, if you want to be a victim, then my goodness, You've probably got all those excuses and those boundaries are in your heart saying, stay on this side of the river. Don't you dare cross over. Nobody in your generation crossed over. You know, dad had that and mom had that and you got that. Now you just be the victim and let everybody else wait on you. Friend, you are in the wrong place if you want to be a victim and you are listening to the wrong guy. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have compassion while you're changing because we do and it doesn't mean that we're not going to encourage you through change but I'm not going to lit, sit there and watch somebody just waller around as a victim and not make any effort at all because that's not what we're on about because that's not what God is on about so many of us we've we're, we're so secure in our boundaries that are so established fears prejudice attitudes towards authority hello values on money Views of the opposite sex, racism, prejudice, all, all of these things. And if you don't establish your own boundaries and push forward, somebody else will establish the boundaries for you. You will be living by somebody else's boundaries if you don't establish your own. So can God do something new in you? Can the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit coming into you, affect some kind of change through His power and through His grace, can you move? Can encouragement from fellow believers do anything to help you move out of that place of complacency where you are stuck, where you can actually get up? Somebody say, saying, get up, come on, take my hand, come to the dinner party, come to All In, come to any time the door is open, come to the men's thing. Come on, you can do it, we'll be there for you, but if you don't do it, we can't do it for you. Now sometimes... I think so many, so many times we're, we're, we're looking at selfies of the past, and some of those selfies are good. I've got friends that I've been friends with for, well, some since grade school, others high school, and, and a whole bunch of others when I went to college. And we had really good times. I'm just going to leave it there. We had some really good, we had fun times together. But you know, when I get together with those guys, and a lot of times just emails banter back and forth. Do you remember that time? And, and it just gets better and better with every telling of the story. It gets more funny than what it really was at the time that it actually happened. And, and, and I've realized that some of those selfies, so to speak, that are stuck in my memory, they were good, fun experiences, but they got to go because they've created boundaries there. They've created boundaries of carnal thinking, uh, of not pushing into God, of not expecting change in my friends and my family. One of the most important things that God showed me, because I, I looked at my family, and, and you know most of my family, well, all of them were not, not saved. They're not following Jesus. And I thought, this is unacceptable. And so I had to push boundaries out, personal boundaries, and I had to reinforce those boundaries and keep those boundaries and not go back into the past and let people put me back in the past. Because every time I go home for a family event, it'd be like, 
we know you. Welcome home. Now let's go and rehash stories of you being stupid, getting drunk, and doing other dumb things. And let's just reinforce, and let's get the selfies out, and let's just take, uh, uh, you know, those snapshots off the table, and let's get you back into that little box so that we can put these boundaries back in place. And I and I and I said, no, I'm not that person, and I'm not going to let those boundaries uh, uh, alive in my life anymore. Those boundaries have been smashed through, and I've got to consistently reinforce that fact. And so it's like when that conversation starts, it's like, I'm not talking about that. I'll look at that. I won't even laugh at some of the stuff. It was funny. I I admit it. And I could go back there. But it's like, I I won't let that happen for their sake. I'm not going to relish in that and sit there and reminisce about all of those past things and stupid things that we did and that I did stupid does stupid things. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to push forward in my life because I've got breath in my lungs and God's got a purpose and God's spoken something into my heart. I've heard something from the Most High. I've seen something for my life from the most high that I've got to get to before I draw my last breath. What about you? So these past patterns and old friends, uh, attitudes. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. He says this, the prophet says this, he says, forget the former things. Some of those things I can't forget. They're in my memory. He's not talking about that. Just leave it behind. Let, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Isn't that good? See. Remember uh, Proverbs said, see, look. Incline your eyes, incline your ear. See, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? See, sometimes we can't perceive the new thing because we're looking at the old thing. We, we're, our, our eyes are so stuck uh, on one side of that boundary that God wanted us to push over. We are so stuck in the past that, that God can't actually show us anything new or He tries to show us something new, but we can't see it because we're not looking there. We're looking there. We're looking on the wrong side of the boundary. God says, look across that boundary. I'm showing you something new. Don't you perceive it? I want to do a new thing in your life. See, your challenge isn't so much to embrace the future. It's to let go of the past. You can't break through for you without a breakthrough in you. Now, in Joshua chapter 1, And we're just going to close with these scriptures here, but I want to just lay this foundation because in Joshua chapter 1, Israel has wandered for 40 years. Some of you have been 40 years holding patterns. You haven't changed. You've been to church for 40 long years. You can talk Christianese. You know church talk. You know every preacher on television. And, you know, you just know everything about the church world that's bad probably. 40-year holding pattern, Israel. Couldn't get them across. Moses came. He laid down the law. He got them out of Egypt. They were saved 40 years ago. I hardly ask people, when were you saved? Because I'm not that interested in what, what, when you were saved. Is, is, I am in, are you saved? 
Are you doing something with that new life that God gave you? Or are you just, I, I, I crossed that, I got out of Egypt, I quit doing drugs and all the rest of it, and, and you know, whatever your hang-up was, you know, you got out of that. But God hasn't called you into a wilderness to wander. In fact, it says in uh, Isaiah there, I'll go back and read that. Uh, See, I'm doing a new thing for you. Now, now it springs up, verse 19. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness <laughs> and streams. That's new boundaries in the wasteland. God didn't save you so you could wander in a wilderness wasteland and not step into some amazing promises and have breakthrough in your life. God did not save you from Egypt just to wander for 40 long years discovering what's wrong with the church. Oh, I'm being pretty pointed this morning, but this is where we're going. What can I say? Maybe see you next Christmas. So how are you going to get from Egypt to those promises? How long are you going to be in the wasteland looking at every reason and why you can't step into any of the promises and have a real breakthrough in life? I'll be honest with you, and uh, you know, the team, you guys are fantastic. You back me up and everything, we, you know, but we could hoop all we want here. You know, you could be dancing down here, but if you don't change in here, the dance finishes when you walk out of here. And I'm all for having a hoop and all the rest. I love it. Because God's done something in my heart. I'm, 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 I'm stepping across boundaries. So, yeah, I can't hold myself back. I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. But shouting, dancing, and singing without any change in your heart doesn't do you anything. You might feel a little, little bit better, but you're not going to be healed. The job isn't done until you're whole. The job isn't done until you stepped into the promises. The job is not done because you're wandering in the wilderness, getting, getting hand-fed by, you know, with quail and manna and, and, uh, and a cloud covering you by day and a, and a, and a pillar of uh, a fire by night. And so God says, after the death of Moses, Moses was good. He gave the law. The servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses is aid. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. In other words, a good thing has died. A good man. He didn't take you in, though. He led you wandering. Left you wondering. Why? Why can't we go in? Moses, he, my servant, he served his purpose, but he's now dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready to cross the Jordan River, the boundary, the issue, into the land, the breakthrough I'm about to give to them, the Israelites. So for Joshua to redefine the boundaries of Israel, Joshua had to cross an old boundary, the Jordan, to get into a new one. To do that, God had to establish something. Moses, the old boundary, is dead. You can't have your Canaan and keep your Moses. You want to keep your Moses. You can't keep your Moses and get into your promises. You can't. You've got the limit that you, that you don't leave is the, is the limit that stops you from going forward in life. Your limit is what you can't leave. 
And so Deuteronomy 34, we'll just read this, uh, verses 5 and 8, says this. It says, Moses, the servant uh, of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. And he, God, buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But I love this bit. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. I never really understood that till I was in Russia, walking around the Kremlin, and, uh, and we went inside, and I got to see Lenin's corpse there that got embalmed from, you know, way back in, I think, 1917, 18, somewhere back then, whenever he died. One of the founders of, of communism, the revolution, there he was, you know, you walk around, there he is. Then I was in Vietnam, and they did the same thing with Ho Chi Minh. They did it purposely because they wanted people to remember. They wanted the people under the communist dictates, the rule of communism, the iron hand of the iron curtain. They wanted people to, to walk around in a holding pattern and serve the government state and not to push a boundary into freedom. They wanted people in a holding pattern. God did not give Israel a body. He hid the body. Nobody knows where Moses is buried to this day. So they could not build a memorial and walk around and around and around for another 40 years or who knows how long. God has not given you a Moses. God has given you a Savior to take you across. Joshua means Savior to break boundaries in your life. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak and his strength not gone. In other words, there really wasn't much wrong with him. God just had to get him out of the way. And I love verse 8. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until, listen, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Do you know, for some of you, the time of weeping and mourning should have been over years ago. Lamenting about your past playing that victim. You, you played that role. Now get off of it. Get another. Step into a, somebody else that God wants you to be. Get off of that page. Come on, church. Get off of that. You want a breakthrough? You've got to get off of that. Moses is dead. You can't have Moses and Canaan at the same time. you got to move on from Moses. Now Jude 9 only has one chapter. Jude, verse 9. Listen to this. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil... See, the devil was really interested in this. Get this. He was disputing with the devil about what? The body of Moses. Did not himself dare to condemn and slander him, but he said, Lord, rebuke you. The devil wants a corpse. And sometimes we won't move on from dead-end jobs. We won't let, move on from dead-end relationships. And I'm not talking about your marriage. We won't move on from holding patterns when it's finance and we can't be generous. We're just stingy. We can't move on from holding excuses. We can't, we can't hold on until there's a corpse, until the thing dies. And then we've got to go out and get another job when we should have gone out and got another job years ago. We can't move on from existing relationships that are dragging us down until the, the relationship is dead. In other words, somebody dies physically or something. God doesn't want to have to give you a corpse to get you to move on. He says, incline your ear, incline your eyes. The devil, he knew that their, their inability to move on from Moses would postpone their future. 
So the devil, he'll always settle for a postponement if he can't get a cancellation. I'll say that again. The devil will always settle for a postponement. He'll always settle to keep you in a holding pattern if he can't get you in a cancellation. If you can't move on and cancel that thing, then he's happy to keep you in a holding pattern. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.